Welcome to another episode of the X-Experts Divorce Etc. podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. And keep in mind, you can get X-Experts in your inbox by signing up for our newsletter, get the latest news and find out all about our events before anyone else, plus access special discounts and prices. Head to xexperts.com to subscribe. Welcome, everybody. On today's podcast, we have an ex-experts friend, Sandra Fava from Fox Rothschild LLP. She's a family law attorney here in New Jersey. Um, Today, we are going to talk about defending yourself in court, pros and cons of it, um, red flags, um, things you definitely need to know as you go on this journey. So Sandra is going to take us through that. So welcome to our show today. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be talking with the ex-experts, for sure. Thank you so much for being here. We've also done a bunch of episodes with Sandra through the um, Believe, Inspire, Grow community. If you aren't following big also on on social media, you definitely should be because Sandra hosts um, basically a virtual workshop every month on um, all different types of divorce topics. So you'll get a lot of information from her through that resource as well. So we highly recommend it. Yes. So let's, let's, um, let's talk about this. I have a few friends who have defended themselves through their divorce. And that's in air quotes because it's not been done well because some are still defending themselves 10 and 13 years later. And um, they went into it because they felt that they didn't have the funds to hire a lawyer. But in the end, the emotional scars and trauma of doing this, as well as the money spent anyway, ends up being pretty significant. So let's kind of, let's dig into this. I'm not really sure to where to even begin. I, well, I want to, I want to begin with, um, it, not in a judgmental way, but I mean, and I know you're a lawyer, obviously, Sandra, so you're coming from a specific place, but just in general, like if there are people out there who think, who think that they can't afford legal representation for a divorce. Do you generally think it's a good idea or not to try to defend yourself? So I think it's a very specific question and it it depends on what kind of divorce you're going through. Okay. Right? If you have a very amicable, we don't have a lot of stuff, you know, we, we know there's, everybody knows what each other has. There's no secrets hidden offshore bank accounts that anybody's worried about. We've agreed on, you know, what we're going to do with our children and, you know, we're putting it together. Then, then yes, I think that that is certainly a possibility. Um, I think that anything that becomes slightly more nuanced or complicated from that point is a tricky question to answer. And it depends on a lot of different factors. Here in New Jersey, I think you have to look at um, where, what county you are in. You know, there are resources that are available to give you divorce assistance that's not um, through the internet, but but that are organizations, not-for-profits that can help, you know, even with basic pleadings or understanding the process. So, you know, so there's information out there that's reliable and at no cost or is, charged to people on um, a scale of their income, right? So what they have available to them, it's a percentage of that. So Um, what's an example in New Jersey? Do you know the name? 
Yep. So in New Jersey, there is the um, Rachel Coalition is one of them. I believe that's out of Essex County. There's um, another called Partners for Women and Justice. That is definitely out of Essex County in uh, Montclair. I used to, I've spent a lot of years volunteering. Um, so they hold free consultations with various attorneys throughout the state that volunteer their times on Saturdays. Um, so, you know, it's, if you can't do it during the week because you work in the childcare, right? Um, and then they also have staff attorneys that, again, they'll take on a matter just, again, on a sliding scale, depending on what your income is or what you have available to you. So they've represented some people who, from the outside, may seem like they have, um, you know, a middle or upper middle class lifestyle, but that specific client may have zero access to funds, right? They, they might be a victim of some of that financial abuse we've talked right. about before. Right. Um, and so, you know, they provide services like that. There is also a place in Livingston, New Jersey on Route 10 that is on my front bio. And of course, because I need to remember it, um, it's the Jewish, it's a, the Jewish Center for Women. And they do the same thing where they get, uh, I'll find the name in a second, but it's the same concept where you can go in during the week in the evenings, um, attorneys volunteer their time to um, consult with you, you get free consultation. Um, and then sometimes they will either like partly fund your representation or they'll give you a stipend. They have like um, grants that you, can, that you can apply for, things like that. Um, so, so what would someone type in to look for that? Like you're on your computer, you're on Google. How do, what do you type in to find these services? Like free divorce services or is um, it as simple as that? Yeah, I mean, you could try that. I've never actually Googled it. Let's see what let's see what comes up, right? I'm thinking maybe pro bono divorce services. Okay. While, while you're Googling that, um, yeah. TH made me watch this documentary recently called Divorce Corp, um, yeah. which was all, okay, so you've seen it. I have. Okay, so as you know, then watch, by the way, anyone listening, it's definitely, well, it's very uh, unsettling and disturbing and upsetting to watch, but it's very informative. Um, and it really talks about the business side of, of divorce in this country. And it's unfortunate how much like kind of bribery is going on behind the scenes, but it, it definitely came across in that documentary that the women, because it was mostly women who had tried to defend themselves in their divorces were almost being targeted um, and punished in a way by the judges in their in their cases. The judges were unforgiving that these women didn't have a legal background and didn't understand necessarily the concept of certain motions um, or of documents that they should have available to them. It was as if they they were being unfairly punished for the fact that they were defending themselves. That to me was why I thought, I mean, I think I'm better off with a lawyer, but I feel like after watching that, that would have been to me like the, the answer as to why I wouldn't want someone I knew to risk representing themselves unless they were a lawyer, because the, the legal code for divorce in so many states, even navigate so, it. yeah, it's thousands of pages long and the judges were so unhelpful. Yeah. So I, you know, I also watched the documentary and some of it was not surprising. You know, I, I've, 
we've got offices across the country. And so we've had conferences with like colleagues in, in our Texas office and, um, you know, down in Florida. And I've heard a lot of the same stories from those types of states. I am being 100% honest that in my career, in my experiences in a courtroom, I have not seen that. I have seen men and women equally treated either with compassion and kindness or as self-represented people or equally as tough. I have to say that, you know, throughout my career, I think, you know, one of the things that like is a red flag is, you know, if you're appearing, if you're representing yourself and you're appearing in front of a judge and a judge has said to you more, uh, more than once, Mrs. Smith, you should really think about getting a lawyer. I would really encourage you to consult with an attorney. Mm -hmm. That is the most a judge can do to basically jump up and down and say, hey, you need help here. Right. You're not doing well. And I'm not blaming you for it, but I can't give you the answers because I am supposed to be neutral and impartial. Okay. And I have right. seen that. I have seen that happen many times in a courtroom you know, while I'm waiting my turn and they're self-represented people where judges have repeatedly said to both men and women, you know, I will, you know, I strongly recommend that you have counsel. Have you looked for counsel? You know, have you considered counsel in this situation? Do you think that judges are, are uh, extra frustrated when they have a couple that comes in and one person is not represented? Is it like, they're like, look, in their heads, maybe like we only have so much time here. And if you aren't being represented by someone, this is, you're just going to take us down into the weeds, into a rabbit hole of, of places we don't need to be. So is it, do they get angry if someone isn't, rep isn't represented by legal a lawyer? I mean, again, I haven't seen that without warrant, I would okay. say, you know, uh, in fairness, but I, I think that as humans, right. I think that if you're doing this all that, listen, you have to remember that in New Jersey, when you are appointed to the bench, you are not appointed because you have experience right. in a certain area of law. So oftentimes our new judges are placed into family court where oftentimes they have zero experience mm -hmm. in family court matters. So right. they are learning as they go and they get training and they have a mentor, you know, within their county. But you know, it's a it's a very busy docket in throughout the state. And when you have a self-represented person in front of you and they are being difficult, I think human nature, I mean, I've sat in the gallery thinking, oh my God, this you know, this person is just killing themselves. It's like train wreck. Stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it, it's often painful to watch. Sometimes there is also, I think, a bias um, that people who are self-represented, especially when you have very difficult cases. They maybe have a touch of a, of a mental health issue going on, right? Because that's the first thing that I think the other side will, will throw out there to see if it sticks on the wall, right? Like you as a self-represented person may say something wrong or may put something in your papers because you don't know any better. Right. But right. Don't, I, I have seen people capitalize on that and say, you know, this is what I mean. He or she is crazy. Here's an wow. example of them being right. And so then that's out there, you know, floating around in the universe. And how do you take that back? Right. right? If you jump up and down and say you're not crazy, there are times when you look like the crazy person. So sure. I think it's a really a hard rope to walk. And, if, if, you know, unless you really have a simple case or you have some sort of, you know, I've had people consult with me who say, listen, my 
sister's going to be on the call. She practices family law in Virginia. Or, you know, I've, um, I have a best friend who does corporate law who can kind of help me do some of these things, but, you know, I have a specific list of questions. Okay, maybe you're in a better situation than other people, but I think that what sometimes is forgotten is the amount of work it takes to move through a case, right? I, I know right. that it's frustrating and it's expensive, and but, you know, if you're working with a, a legitimate, credible attorney, you know, some of that is because it has to be that way. Right. You know, you, there is certain work that has to be done for us to give you answers that are based in some form of reality and not just made up or what we think you want to hear or just to help the case move along quicker. So, um, Sandra, what would you say would be the, the two or three most important things that someone would need to know if they wanted to defend themselves. The two or three most important, either you know, documents or motions, or I don't even know all the terminology, but that they need to have ready down pat in order to like try to be successful in that in that journey. Sure, I think the easiest one is knowing where the paperwork exists, right? Knowing how to navigate the New Jersey courts or your state court website. Right. There's a lot of information on there. You have to know, you know, how to find it, because it, I think the, that experience of being able to do that yourself is much better than going into a courthouse, dealing with a state employee who's, you know, frustrated. They often give out the wrong paperwork to people because people are having a hard time explaining what they're looking for. Right. So. If you, if you have the ability, if you're thinking about doing this, there's going to be work on your end, right? And part of that is getting familiar with the website because not only are the forms there, but there is explanation actually of when or why you would use the forms. And I can only speak specifically to New Jersey. I know right. that there's been a lot of time and effort put into the online materials that are there. And then to second that, I think that again, doing your homework generally, like how do I get divorce? You know, what are the grounds? What documents do I need, right? We've, we've talked about in big, having your tax returns and financial information ready or knowing where to look for it, you know, being able to access online accounts so that you can complete information properly and thoroughly. Um, you can't take shortcuts when you're representing yourself and, and use the self-representation excuse as the reason for the shortcut. Right. Because there is an expectation that if you're here and you're going to do this on your own, there's not an expectation that you have, you know, the, the degree of a Juris Doctor, but there is the expectation that you've at least read up, done your homework, you've been thorough, you've looked at your information before you're submitting it to the court, you know, you're proofreading things. And then as far as, you know, the, you know, it's really difficult to say, well, you should know how to do this type of motion, right? I think for most divorces, the most, one of the most important motions is probably the motion that is either seeking to establish a parenting time schedule while the case is going on mm -hmm. and or some sort of financial um, support while your case is going on. And so while I say that those are the, probably the most important motions, they're also the most difficult to do mm -hmm. because you're setting a standard with that application that will last, you know, in some right. cases for the majority, for the, you know, duration of the divorce, 
or until something, you know, a major next event happens. So it's, you know, it, yes, you should know what those things are, but you really need to get information. And aside from the court website, again, there's, you know, the Morris County Bar Association, you know, most county bar associations, they do have like um, free consultations. You can ask attorney, the American Bar Association, sometimes can put you in touch with information, explain documents to you. You know, th that those places are resources for people. If you are a victim of domestic violence, you know, there's Jersey Battered Women's Association that, you know, has a, a, a counselors that will walk you through and, and put you in touch with other specific people. Again, attorneys who volunteer their time to right. represent you in those situations. It, it's really just about doing your homework okay. and kind of, getting yourself set up so you know what you know and then maybe figuring out what you don't know or knowing where to go for the information that you're not sure about. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Right. So Sandra, is there a way if I were to do this and I don't want to hire a lawyer that I can kind of do it DIY so I can file the papers myself Mm -hmm. I can do some of the work, but then like you said, like the parenting agreement, financial, I want to make sure that what I've, I want my homework checked yeah. before I go to court. Will lawyers work with you for piecemeal parts yes, of your There divorce? are some attorneys who will do that, right? They will, you know, it's an hourly rate or it's a small retainer um, and they will help double check your, your, your information. Are you thinking about dating again after divorce, but have no idea where to start? Maybe you need a little self-esteem boost or brush up on your conversation skills. Are you overwhelmed by all the new dating apps and crazy jargon? If the answers are yes, then let relationship expert and dating coach Jennifer Hurwitz be your thinking partner, your cheerleader, and unbiased opinion when you need one. Divorced herself, Jennifer also survived the dreary dating waters, and so can you. It's her job to set you up for success, help you gain the confidence you need to attract the partner you deserve. If you're open to making positive changes and starting on your journey to finding love, book a free clarity call with Jen today on her website, jenniferhervitz.com. And if you mention the ex-experts, you'll receive a special discount. If you're enjoying our Divorce Etc. podcast, be sure and subscribe to our newsletter to get ex-experts in your inbox. It's free and includes tips from real life experts who've been through it, telling you what they wish they knew. You'll also hear about our upcoming episodes and Q and A's with our experts. Plus you'll find out about our upcoming events before anyone else and get access to discounts and preferred pricing. You can sign up at www.exexperts.com. Uh, make sure that you have everything that you need to point out things that, you know, again, it, Depends on what your budget is. I'm sure that they would right. probably work with within a budget. You know, I know that I've done um, quarterbacking for things like people who are going to mediation, right? And they don't want to bring their attorney, but they want somebody that they can call and say, "Hey, this was proposed today. What do you think right. about?" Right. Well, that's that's what I was going to ask because I feel like um, I was talking the other day about how um, for my first divorce. I specifically hired a lawyer that was not necessarily a shark, so to speak, because I knew that I wanted as much of an amicable slash collaborative divorce as we could have. And my ex-husband, I think not realizing it and not, and not intentionally 
hired a woman who is kind of known as a shark. And we ended up having one meeting initially, um, me and my lawyer and him and his lawyer. And his lawyer was so aggressive. I left that meeting in tears and I told him that I was never going to sit foot stepped foot in a room with that woman again. And we, fortunately, we were able to work it all out ourselves over a long period of time. And my lawyer kind of just would take our notes and put it into the divorce document that it needed to be in terms of being filed at the end. My question is, do you think that one of the most difficult parts of trying to represent yourself is not even necessarily getting through the paperwork and figuring out the documents that you need, but being able to respond and engage with your spouse's lawyer, because they're not going to go easy on you. They're going to be like eating you alive, right? That's, I would imagine that's going to be their purpose to it. So I feel like even if you think you can do things by getting it done yourself, you may be served with motions and things from your ex's lawyer. And now you're like, they're just beating you to death with paperwork. Yeah, I think that that's very important. You know, I, I know there's a lot of myself and my colleagues that, you know, because you don't know who this person is, right, and you get one side of the story, you know, I will only really, I try to limit my communications with a self-represented person to writing. You want to email me, ask, you know, ask for an adjournment, you know, send me a proposal, but to get on the phone, um, it's difficult because a lot of times these people are recording you. You don't, you know, now with technology, you don't know what they're right. doing to those recordings. And I think, you know, they're, you know, so yes, to your point, Jessica, absolutely. You know, they're, they're there to defend their client, to get the best possible outcome for that person. If those are the marching orders, especially in a contentious case, you know, they're not going to be warm and fuzzy, but also it makes it difficult because even, you know, we have our own past experiences and reservations about how we're going to deal with a self-represented litigant just because you know we have concerns that stem outside from the the facts of your case so to speak i would think it's also you're dealing with a lot of that persons we've spoken even with you sandra about the importance of of trying to be able to compartmentalize and be able to try to keep your emotions in check because divorce, even though there are a lot of emotions involved, it is a business transaction to a large extent. And I would venture to say, I may be projecting, but I would venture to say that most people that are trying to represent themselves are not going to be able to keep things compartmentalized the same way. If I got an aggressive call or an aggressive email or was in a room where my ex's attorney was being forceful, I feel like I would just collapse. Yeah, people feel personally attacked. And and those are the situations where I have seen judges be hard on self-represented litigants, you know, where there is a situation where somebody's in court and they get emotional, they're yelling, they're crying, or they're ranting, or they're bringing up something that is not relevant to what's happening at that moment, right? Right. So, you know, I've seen people that they're there talking about, you know, just scheduling things. And all of a sudden, somebody will just out of nowhere, that self-represented out of nowhere will be like, you know, judge, I just want you to know that we wouldn't be here today if my ex didn't do X, Y, and Z. And then you're like, well, here we go. The wheels have just fallen off the bus. Oh, so it's hard. So let me ask you if, if I were going through this today and everybody goes online and starts looking around about how to file for divorce 
And now you see all this file for online divorce for only $3.99. Yeah. Um, or we'll do all your documents for you. We'll help you with all your transactions. We'll do X, Y, and Z. I mean, if I were, if I didn't know what I know now, I might be like, great. I got a team for 400 bucks. I'm good. I'm done. What does, what am I really getting? And we're speaking in very general terms, no one group in particular, but what are, what are questions you should ask when you're going to file online? Is that just filing for divorce itself or is it more? So I'll start with my answer with um, what I say pretty much every day in all areas of my life even to myself, you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. There's no such thing as the greatest deal ever. So oftentimes that 399 is just to draft a complaint for divorce. And then you are responsible to file it yourself and pay that additional, you know, couple hundred dollar filing fee. Because if you, again, did your homework and went online, the filing fees are there. To file a complaint for divorce, I think the fee is now up to $550, $500. So how can how can they charge you $399 right. if it doesn't even cover the cost to file it? Filing, so, right. But what you said, TH, is right. You know, you need, if you're going to use a, a resource like that, you need to ask those questions. What exactly am I getting for X amount of dollars? Is some, you know, is somebody coming to court with me? Are you, are you handling the actual paper processing of the paperwork or are you just drafting things you know am i do i have options are there packages here you know about what i'm going to be doing um knowing exactly what you're getting into is really important because oftentimes people will do that and then they're left stuck at that point because they didn't think to ask or didn't know to ask you know more information because again Things online can be very misleading. I mean, you know, it's no different than WebMD. If you Google, right? You know, Don't look up your health. Yeah. I have a headache. <laughs> would you would you say um, for people who, because I know you said at the top that that the quote unquote best scenarios where people might want to represent themselves would be if things are fairly amicable, if they maybe don't have children or, you know, they already know it's going to be an easy custody split and the assets are, it's obvious where things are going. If it seems like the divorce is going to be simple, but would you say that the best outcome for representing yourself would, would be if you're both representing yourself well, I think that certainly is better because of this fact. You know, what people, I, I often think, and maybe this is just me and it's not real, but I think what people dislike a lot about lawyers is, you know, they say, I want to do X. And so we say, okay, great. And then we send you a document and it says that you're going to do X, but it has this additional language. And people will then call and say, I didn't say that. And, and so the lawyer says, but that's there to protect you, right? Because it's like this, you know, full disclosure information and blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you have two self-represented people, the expectation is that neither of them would know to put in that language, right? So if right. there's a problem in the future and you need to go back to court, you know, and that's, you know, who knows? Nobody can predict that. I mean, sometimes right. it's a good feeling, but certainly you never know. 
then a judge is probably, I, I think from my experience, again, what I've seen is they're more lenient to say, okay, you both of you, neither, nobody was an attorney at the time this was drafted. Nobody used an attorney. I can understand that you left, you know, this, air, this language may be gray or you didn't include things that I would normally see. I'm gonna give you both an opportunity to try to work it out, maybe send you to a mediator or, or something like that, right? But I think when one side has it and the other side doesn't, you would hope that that language would be in there, but maybe there's a reason that that attorney isn't putting the, re the language in there. And so then later on, if you go to say, well, I didn't know that that was in there, the conversation I often hear is, well, you had the opportunity to get an right. attorney, right? right? So at the very least, I've heard judges say, listen, you didn't have to have an attorney represent your, you from the day one, but at the end of the day, when you had an agreement presented to you, you had the opportunity at that point to pay a minimal amount to have somebody walk you through that document before right. you sign. Right, so, so the, I would imagine the number one reason that people are defending themselves, I mean, I'm being very general in my statement right now, but I would imagine it's mostly women, but I could be wrong, but I, I would imagine, the stories I've heard anyway are women defending themselves because they don't have any money. He makes all the money. Right. She worked and raised the kids. She knows nothing about business. She knows nothing about law. She may not even know where the bank account is. Yeah. She may not have, and, and she's, she's, where does she even begin? And so where does she even get the money to go find somebody? So then she could be easily suckered into one of those, sure. you know, special promos online today only, we've got your back. Mm -hmm. um, and then get dropped and just have thrown away you know, $500 or more. So is, is the advice that even if you don't think you have the money, you might be better off at least seeking some legal counsel than going it alone, especially if it's within a contentious relationship. The people that I know who have been defending themselves for upwards of 10 years now, my God, um, by the way, we're divorced, but are keep are still being dragged yeah, back to court, to court by the ex to for whatever reason, and they're showing she's like, I don't have any money. Right. What are you what are you trying to get water from the well here? The well is dry. I work as a secretary. Right. How am I paying for half of college? I'm trying to pay the water bill. Right. But she doesn't know how to defend herself properly, but she doesn't have the money. She's so deep in a hole now of spiraling, not to mention the emotional um, repercussions of all these years of being told that you don't know what you're doing and you're right. not producing and what kind of mother are you or what kind of father are you like? It's got to be about the money. So what what is the advice that you would give someone if it was your friend Sure. who says, I don't have the money. I've never worked a day in my life. What do I do? So I think a few things, again, most family attorneys, you know, who really practice this, and again, you know, asking around, getting referrals, they will, they will have a consultation at no charge. There's, you know, there's a lot of that, right? Okay, so, that's great. Because yeah. so I think, generally I think there is. So that's great to know that people can do that, right? And especially, you know, some people will do it, will, will, will charge you, but say, you know, if you hire me, some people will waive a retainer based on, a, sorry, a consultation fee because of the, of a relationship of how that person got to them. You know, there, there's ways to do that. Um, 
and get good in, good information at the at the out at the outstart. You know, my I'm always I always feel terrible when I get these situations of what you just explained, Th, where you have somebody who's been in this for 10 or 13 years. They filed all these papers and they finally find somebody who's going to help them financially, and they come to me and they like dump these documents and they're like, I've been doing this myself. I I don't I need help, and they've made it so much worse. Oh. So I, I would say to the you know people who are financially in a, in a really difficult spot, I hear you. I'm not sitting here in, in an ivory tower saying, well, just figure it out, right? I, you know, you get a credit card, take a loan. That's not what I'm saying. But there are ways before you get started, again, doing homework online, but also just speaking to an attorney that maybe you get a couple referrals from or recommendations, people that, you know, that have actually used somebody, they were happy with them and just getting some information. And then if you're past that point, you know, I think getting money to get somebody review a final document. Like if you were gonna save your pennies for something in, a, in this legal thing and you have a document that's been presented to you, I think that finding a way to get that at least reviewed and explained to you before you sign it is an important use of your funds, right? So right. taking, you know, taking a look, there are companies out there that will finance a divorce, but they will do it depending on the assets that are involved. So it's there, you know, if you know anything about personal injury cases, there it's this it's the same concept where they will right. give you some money up front and then at the end when you get your settlement, they take, you know, a percentage of that as their payment, right? I, I don't particularly love them. I think you have to be very scrupulous on those companies, but they but they certainly exist if it is a situation where there is money there, but you just can't access it because I think initially at least that gets you a lawyer and maybe gets you into court so you can try to access some of your funds and then you don't need to deal with that finance company any any further right right um, but again i think that you know if you're resourceful and you're just mindful about it and try not to make you know i think it's just a very emotional time people are often just feel very stressed out they're under a lot of pressure that you know they're they're dealing with the emotional aspect of it. I mean, you can't count for that, how somebody's going to deal with that. And then right. the added pressure to say, okay, now I have to do this. So, you know, part of the things I say in big is first steps is like, you need to find your community, right? Do you have a, people who are going to help you? you? You know, either you've made this decision or this decision has been placed at your feet. Now, do you have family that's going to support you? Do you have friends that you can talk to? Or do you have a therapist? Do you have insurance that will cover somebody? Are you in an online or an actual support group? You know, are you close with your religious organization? You need that so that that peace of mind happens so you can make good, as Jessica said, business decisions. Right. Because at the end of the day, it really is a business transaction. And the people who do worse or who fare worse out of it are people who cannot get over the emotional piece of it. And that's why when you read studies, they say men do so much better at in divorces. Well, part of that is because they can really separate emotions yes. in general, making a generalization here, yeah. by and large, you know, a bit better than women can. Yeah, they can keep it in check. Yeah. Um, well, this is, we, I mean, there, listen, there's more we can talk about with regards to defending yourselves, but I think this is a great start. Um, and there's so much information that we just got from that. 
So I think this is really was an amazing conversation. Sandra, as always, thank you so much for your time and your insight and your wisdom. Um, We are huge fans, as you know, and um, looking forward to the next one. Thank you, Sandra. You're very welcome. It's always a pleasure. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all who would benefit from what we've talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe, rate, and review our Divorce Etc. podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media, at X-Experts, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also find so much more, including articles and even the podcast transcripts on our website at www.exexperts.com. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter now. When you get X-Experts in your inbox, you're the first to hear about all of our happenings and events, plus access special discounts and prices. Thanks for listening.